Romans chapter number 5. We'll get right into the scriptures this afternoon. Romans 5, beginning in verse number 1, and we're going to read down through verse number 9. This is Paul's letter to the saints there at Rome. He says in verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength... In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. I love what the Bible says back in verse number eight, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And boy, I'm thankful for that. I want to preach uh, very simply this morning on the subject matter. He calls it love. He calls it love. How many like that little four letter word love? And uh, we're, we're thankful for that. Let's have a word of prayer, and then we'll share a few thoughts out of the Scriptures. Our Father, we sure do love you. And uh, Lord, we're so thankful, Lord, that we can gather together this morning. Thank you for everyone, Lord, that is able to gather, Lord, to be able to fellowship one with another. Lord, I'm thankful for the love that you have for us. And Lord, I pray that you'd help us throughout this day, throughout these next few moments, And may the love that God has for us, Lord, I I pray not just would it be manifested in our hearts, but Lord, I pray that it would become real. And Lord, that there would be people under the sound of my voice this morning that would understand that there is a God in heaven that loves them. And Lord, we're thankful for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. Well, some may ask why the subject matter of love on a chili cook-off Sunday? Well, that would be all the men that are asking that question right now, okay? And so here we are on the occasion of another Valentine's Day. How many just realized it was Valentine's Day in two days, okay? You still got 48 hours. Chocolates have been made in mass production over the last few weeks, The printing presses for Hallmark cards have been running overtime. The rose companies have been growing and sending roses out in abundance. How many believe that this is just a conspiracy between those three companies? And uh, they all got together and said, why don't we pick a holiday and create one that we're just going to make millions off? Now, don't get me wrong. I'll take care of my wife on Valentine's Day. We're thankful for it. We should be showing and telling those that we're especially so important to us that we love them 
on more days than just one a week. How many would agree with that? Don't wait till Tuesday to tell someone that's close to you that has a special place in your heart that you love them and you care for them. I heard it said one time that many times we send flowers too late. And I'm not talking about just on Valentine's because you forgot. I'm talking about we wait till after they're gone before we're telling them that we love them and we're investing in them. It ought to be more than once a year occasion that we share our love with another person that God's given to us. Just as God reveals and rehearses his love for us over and over throughout the scripture, we must do that for the ones that God's placed in our lives. But getting off that subject matter, today's not about the love I have for my wife. I try to show that and say that throughout the year. But today is about God's love for each and every one of us. And I'm thankful that there's a God in heaven that loves us. And we see here in verse number five that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. It's the first mention of love here in this chapter of Scripture. Hope is not ashamed because of love. It's the love of God shed in our hearts. And I want us to look in this passage about a few things about this love that God has for us. Now, it will be uh, made clear here in just a few moments. Uh, the world that we live in, listen, I, I don't believe this four-letter word is actually used enough in the world that we live in. In fact, I, I think the opposite, that people actually look for an opportunity just to be able to act differently towards someone else to show that they don't love them. Or just because you don't have the same color hair as I do. Or in Matthew's case, you don't have hair. And so you, you, you they're just not like each other. So, so therefore, I'm not allowed to love you. And we look for reasons to be able to exercise our hate and disparage in comments and actions towards each other. Can I say this? If there was ever someone that would have every reason to hate and not show love, it would be none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of the sin that's in our lives, what we have sinned against Almighty God. And I want to share a few things as we look into the scriptures this morning. First of all, I think we need to take the time and give the definition of love. You say, why would we need to define love? Because you got four and five-year-olds running around saying they love each other. They don't have a clue. They don't understand what love is. Can I say this? This year, my wife and I are celebrating 25 years of being married. And wonderful. I'm, I'm thankful for every moment of it. Can I say this? When we started 25 years ago, I, I looked at her and I said, I love you. And I say, boy, I've sure learned a lot about love over the past 25 years. And some that have been married almost twice as long, what is it, you're getting ready, 47 is it, David and Gloria? Almost 47 years, some maybe longer than that. But learning this subject matter of love, you say, why do we have to define it? Because I believe what's actually used today is not the right definition. And I believe in a lot of cases, it's not love, it's actually lust. And it's actually just what they can get out of that relationship that is going to fulfill them. 
But can I remind us that love is actually an action word and not a passive verb? Love is an action word. In other words, we can't just say, I love someone and then not show any actions or have any actions behind that. We have to understand that our actions are going to speak louder than our words. Definition of love is action, I believe. John 3.16, we see this very simply in the Bible. One of the most popular verses in Scripture where the Bible says, For God so loved the world. Listen, that's a great statement in and of itself. But then he defines what he means by loving the world, by saying, For God so loved the world that he gave that he gave. And we understand that God loved us so much, he gave Jesus, but then Jesus loved us so much. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 25, it says that the husband ought to love the wife as Christ loved the church. And then this statement, and gave himself. Can I say at the very definition of love, this is what I wrote down. I didn't, I didn't go to Hallmark and try to get this definition, okay? How many saw that little video that's going around that, uh, that a husband and wife have been married about 50 years and they walk into the card store and they're standing separately at the, at the card aisle? Have you seen that video that's going around? They walk in on Valentine's Day, they stand at the card aisle and each one's standing there and they're looking for a Valentine's card for their spouse. And so they pull the, the Valentine card out that they finally get and they walk over to each other and they exchange cards standing there in the aisle. And then the spouse will read the card and they hugged each other, gave each other a peck on the cheek, handed back the cards and they went and put them back in the, <laughs> and they went and put them back in the folder and then they went on their way. You say, oh, hey, that just saved you $10 if they're $5 a card right there, okay? And some of these cards are getting expensive, but they did that. They showed a video of, a, of an older husband and wife and they did that and they'd been doing it for years. I didn't go to Hallmark and reading a card, but I wrote this down, I believe, from the scriptures and looking at everything, not everything the scripture has to say, but what God spoke to our hearts. I believe that love in definition is that selfless and sacrificial act that someone bestows upon another, which in its purest form can only be accomplished through the help and example of God. That selfless, selfless and sacrificial act, that love has nothing to do with me. But if I truly love someone, it is all about that other person. Now, this is not a marriage retreat weekend. This is not a how-to. This is not Christian mingle or whatever it is, trying to figure that out this morning. Because I want to get back to the love of God. And when we understand this selfless and sacrificial act that is bestowed from one person to another, may I remind us that God is the very definition of love. We're reminded over in the scriptures that the Bible says that God is love. May I remind us that it's not God was love. It's not that God will be love. 
But every time I read that verse of scripture, I understand that the Bible is teaching us the very character of God, that God is love. The definition of love is that selfless and sacrificial act. And we see the example from God. We see the example of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I wonder this, if we can look in our hearts and lives and be able to see the example of love and that definition as we live it out on a daily basis. Now you say, well, that's the definition of love, and that's easy to be said, but let me share something with you. Let me, see, let me show you the demonstration of love. The demonstration of love. Back in Romans chapter number five, I want you to see this. Romans chapter number five, he says in verse number six, he says, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse number eight says, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You say, pastor, it's wonderful to have a definition of love that that selfless and sacrificial act that one uh, performs for someone else on their behalf. But where is that demonstrated throughout scripture? Can I remind us the greatest demonstration is what the Lord Jesus Christ did on Calvary when he died on the cross for each and every one of us. Now, I know that these next couple days, there are going to be demonstrations of love that spouses and those that are dating and those that are engaged and those that are hoping to one day that they're going to be demonstrating their love and saying, okay, sometimes it's in a, in a, in a bouquet of flowers. Sometimes it's in some chocolates. Sometimes it's in a teddy bear. Sometimes it's in not buying flowers. You say, no, that's never the case. <laughs> it is because honestly, my wife enjoys them, but she said they just die. I'd rather you take me out somewhere and go spend some quality time together and, uh, and go walk hand in hand because they're just going to grab them flowers at some point and just throw them in the trash. There's going to be all kinds, and may I say this, you extend your love and you receive love, and we, we understand this, you study this out in different ways. For some people, you could buy them everything in the world, and they're not going to know that you love them. But you go spend an hour with them walking along the beach somewhere or walking in the mountains, guess what? They'll know because you spent quality time with them. I talked to a family one time, and uh, some of the, the children, it, it was not their, their biological father uh, that was married to the mom and, and raising these kids. And the kids would talk to me and say, I don't believe my dad loves me. And I'd sit down and I'd go through and I'd, I'd try to explain, listen, there has been a, a meal on your table at least three times a day every time you needed one. He's up at, at three and four o'clock in the morning to be able to go to work. If there's anything that you need, there's shoes on your feet, there's clothes on your back, the, the heat is on at the house, the electricity is on. If your car needs fixed, guess what? He knows how to fix it or he can get it to a mechanic and started going down through. And here's what they came back and said, but pastor, he never said it. Now, here's what I learned. I said, listen, we can have all the actions. Some people need to hear it. And some people need to see it, not just hear it. I'm not like the husband that said, hey, I love you, honey, on the day of our marriage. And if it ever changes, I'll let you know. 
No, that's not how things ought to be. The demonstration of our love, we look at the Lord Jesus Christ and Christ died for us. Listen, what the Bible say, the apostle John wrote about it in John chapter 15. Listen, greater love hath no man than this. Then what? Then a man lay down his life for his friends. Now listen, we read about it here in Romans chapter number five. He starts reading about this and he says, listen, he says in verse seven, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. I mean, if you ever come in contact, and I know there's close friends, there's people that that we have that relationship with, but they may be few and far between that you meet someone and say, you know, boy, he's, he's righteous enough. I believe I'd give my life for him. I believe if someone came in, I'd take that bullet. I'd take that hanging. I'd take what I, I'm going to do that. They're, they're, they're that good of a person. That's very rare. The Bible doesn't say it's impossible and it's never going to happen. He says for scarcely for a righteous man. But then he says this, he says, yet per adventure or, or even by chance for a good man, would some even dare to die as far as saying, listen, I'll take your place. I'll step in between that. I'll take your punishment. I'll take that death, whatever it may be. Someone's coming in and you step in front of them. Listen, he says, it's very rare that that happens. And that's for a righteous person or that's for a good person. How many of us, now I know sometimes we look in the mirror and say, you know, you're a pretty good person. Boy, there'd be people lining up to take my place if anything ever happened. Not in death. Hey, you're on your own. If I can't get to you before that bus hits you in the middle of the road, I'm sorry, but you might be on your own. Lay down real flat and see if it'll go over the top of you. Scarcely for a righteous man or for a good man. It doesn't happen that often. But can I say this? The Bible goes to the other extreme in verse number eight. He doesn't call us a righteous person. He doesn't call us a good person. He says, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, not even a good person, not even a righteous person, he looked down and he said, you're a sinner. Now, you say, pastor, you're calling us all sinners? Well, it started with me in the mirror, okay? And then I'll just read what the Bible says. There's not one person, listen, that's under the sound of my voice this morning that hasn't done something wrong in their life. I mean, if we just started going down through and looking at the Ten Commandments, don't put your hand up, but how many of the Ten Commandments have you broken? There's been times thou shalt have no other God before me. How many times was there something more important in our lives than God was? He just broke commandment number one. <laughs> what about when we get to the New Testament, when Jesus said, yes, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. And the second one, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. How many have ever looked at someone else and said, I know the Bible says it, but I just can't love that person. We just broke another commandment. How long do we have to go down through to be able to say, hey, how many times do you have to steal to be a thief? Well, once I get to 15 times. No. You steal once, you're a thief. We look at it. We sin because we're sinners. And we understand that. But may I, may, may I remind us of this? The demonstration of God's love toward us is he saw all of that. 
He saw all of it that was in our lives. Listen, he knew you weren't the best husband. He knew you weren't the best wife. He knew you weren't the best father. He knows you're not the best child. He understands the downfalls that each and every one of us have, but he still looks down and says, guess what? I love you. I had a preacher, I believe he's still alive today, or several years ago, that he said this, there, him and his wife back in the 70s, and his evangelist Tom Williams, he was over in uh, Israel with his wife. And while they were over there, she actually contracted and came down with bacterial meningitis. And uh, that was about the last day that they ever carried a conversation on. And then for the rest of her life, listen, she lived, uh, the, the term today, listen, she, she, she could you knew something was there. She could, she could grunt, but she could not take care of herself. She could not. That's just snow coming off the roof and down the, <laughs> down the side. It scared me for the past three days that it's been happening. Okay. And so I'm done jumping over it, but, uh, <laughs> but it is, it's coming off the roof, hitting the, uh, the, the roof that's over the stairs here and sliding down. Okay. So if you hear that again, but, uh, listen, he, he, he took care of her, had to wash her, do his own physical therapy on her, stretch the hands out, the feet. I mean, everything. Never again was she able to look back at him and say, thank you. Never again look back at him and say, I love you. Never again say, I appreciate everything that you've done for me. And he said this, he said, she'd sit there in her wheelchair and he said, I'd wheel her out, let her enjoy some sunshine. He said, you knew there was something there. You could see it in her eyes, but she couldn't communicate. And he said, let me tell you something. Now this is husband and wife. He said, when you get to the point that there is absolutely nothing coming back, he said, it's going to test your love. But when we understand that relationship and we understand that when God looked down upon us, what do we have to offer almighty God? the God that spoke everything into creation, but he looked down to us and he said, I love you and I love you so much that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming down to be able to pay your sin debt and to be able to die in your place to be able to take care of you. That's what our Savior said. He demonstrated I went back and looked at this word command, and I know so many times that just gets substituted with another word as we look at it, but God commendeth his love. Here's what, if you go back and look at the definition, it says to represent as worthy of notice, regard or kindness, to speak in favor of, to recommend is what the word commend means. In other words, listen, he is speaking favorably and representing that the love of God is worthy of notice for each and every one of us. And I want to encourage us, listen, I know, I know we're going into Valentine's week and I know that, that it's, it's all uh, red and, and, and chocolate and, and everything as you're walking through the, the stores over there, but can we pause for a moment this morning and can I tell you that it is worth taking notice of the love that God has for each and every one of us and not just the love that we have for each other. The demonstration of love. It's not based on our worthiness, our greatness, our position. It's just based on his love for each and every one of us. 
You say, Pastor, it's wonderful. I'm so thankful there's a God and he's fulfilled the, the definition of love and he's, he's demonstrated his love to each and every one of us by the Lord Jesus Christ coming and being able to die on Calvary for each and every one of us. But what's that got to do with me? I'm thankful. I've accepted the love of God. But can I close with this this morning? The demand that love has upon us the demand that love has. You say, well, I don't understand. If it's love, it doesn't demand a thing. No, can I say this? Because God loves me, the Bible teaches us, listen, 1 John chapter 4, verse number 18, we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. Listen, it is real hard for someone who has bestowed that much love towards me for me at least not to be loving him back. It gets to the point, listen, and I know, and you can go down and she'd probably tell you the same thing. I'm unworthy of all the love that my wife gives to me. Well, I'm thankful. I'm talking in, in actions, in words, everything. I know she loves me. There's not a doubt in my mind. You know what that does? Makes me want to love her a, a whole lot more than what I do now. She asked me this morning, she was getting getting going, and she was the one making the broccoli and cheese soup. She said, Peter, she said, I'm, I'm delayed a little bit. Can I say this? I'm not one much for cooking. There's not one chili. If you're a chili judge here today, you don't have to worry about offending pastor and not picking his. <laughs> I don't have one down there. And, and, and she, she texted me a message. She said, can you get that broccoli and cheese soup going? She said, here's what I need you to do. And she gave me the, the, the details for it. I need you to, and all it was was pulling the, the broccoli out of the freezer and getting this cheese out and getting this out and everything. Pour that into the pot and let that start boiling there on the stove. I'm thinking, I don't like cooking. That's, that's not what I'm looking to do. Honestly, I was within five minutes of walking out the door to get here to the church this morning. But you know what I said? I said, boy, she's, she's sure done a lot for me. And in my mind, I'm like, why can't I take five minutes and do this for her? It wasn't disgruntled. Listen, don't go down there and say, boy, you really got him going this morning when you had to make that broccoli and cheese soup. No, that's not what, it never crossed my mind. But I said, you know something, everything else that's going on, listen, that's the least I can do is take these few moments. You know why? Because there's a love that's being given to me that demands a response. And I believe that there's a love that is from God that demands a response from us toward him. And we love him because he first loved us. But then it was already read about this morning over in 1 John chapter number four. Listen, he said here, and you know that you're my disciples. Why? How? If you love the brethren. Can I remind us that, that this love that God has for us is not just about us loving God back, but how that's put into action, the demands upon our lives. Listen, it's not just about me loving God, but you know what it is? It's me loving you. It's us loving each other. And that's how, listen, everybody else is going to know. Now, if I were to ask you, and, and, and most of you probably be wise guys and say, well, I don't see it at all. If I were to say, hey, how can you tell that I love my wife? There ought to be some, some external fruit that's there that people would be able to point to and say, this is how I know he loves his wife. 
I wonder how it is with the love that God has for us. If this world would be able to look at us and be able to say, you know, hey, I'll even put it this way. They may say, I don't agree with them. They may say, I don't believe in their God, but they sure do love each other and they sure do love their God. And boy, when I look at it in my life, the love that God has bestowed upon us demands a response that we love him because he first loved us. Let me ask you something. What are you doing this week or what have you done this past week to be able to demonstrate not God's love for you, but for your love to God? What's taking place this week? Is it, is it for those that are, are around us? Listen, the, the, the purest act of love that I believe that there is in our lives is being able to love someone who can't give anything back. They can't reciprocate it. They're not looking to. You say, well, I, I, don't, I don't like them. Boy, what purer love. Do you understand that Jesus even said, and I know this is where I may lose you right here. Love your enemies. You say, well, I've got that one covered because I don't have any. <laughs> hey, can I say this? Purest form of love is those that can't give it back to us, can't reciprocate. It's just going out of our way, listen, to extend love to someone who cannot or won't give it back. You say, I, I don't know about all that. That's what God did for us. And see, what God demands upon our lives is to take the love that he has given to us and to be able to share that with the world that's around us. You say, but I came in contact with someone I don't agree with. They don't look like me. They don't smell like me. They don't talk like me. They don't. Does that give us a reason not to love them? You know what I believe the world around us is looking for? They're looking for someone to love them. They're looking for someone, listen, and I'm not talking, you say, well, I just don't have the love in me. It's the love of God that they need. That if we can share with them the love of the Lord and say, listen, I'm not saying I agree with everything that you do, but I love you as a person because you're created in the image of God. And I love you because God loves you. There's some people, listen, they've been, they've been very hostile towards me. Have I ever been able to look at them and have the right to look at them and say, well, I hate you. Oh, and then, and then I pull out an invite and invite him to come to church with me, right? No. Did I have to say it like that? I, I thought it would be understood. That's not how we act towards people. That's not the love that God has towards us. Listen, all of this that he's described here in Romans chapter 5, he calls it love. When we were ungodly, when we were without strength, when we were sinners, Christ looked down at us and says, listen, here's the definition of love, I'll give. Here's the demonstration of love, here's my life, I'll die for you. Here's the demand of love, God, you love me so much, I want to love you and I want to love others. And asking God to be able to do that in and through our lives, now listen, a lot of times it, it does take supernatural. Have you found out not everybody is easily loved? Some people you can just connect with them, can't you? And you're like, man, I mean, after two days, you do, you lay down your life for them. I mean, you do, some people are easy to love. I'm not going to ask if you've come in contact with someone not easy to love. Okay? 
And I'm trying not to make eye contact with anybody here at the church because they're like, he's talking about me. He's talking about me. Put your smile up, would you? Here's your smile face. <laughs> Listen, there's some that may not be the easiest to love, but isn't there times in your life that you're not the easiest to love? Maybe God would help us with that. And maybe throughout this week as we think about Valentine's, would be reminded that he calls it love, the sacrifice that he made for us, and then maybe we can share it with someone else. You think the Lord would be pleased with that? I believe that Christ would be honored, don't you? I believe it would make a difference to those that are around us. Find someone you can love on this week. We use that term, and I know that's thrown around this way. I'm talking about biblical love. Find someone you can love on this week. You say, well, I don't even know them. Well, that'll make a difference. Well, they don't deserve it. That's why it's called love. It's undeserving. And we say, well, maybe I can make a difference. Maybe I can love on someone. But maybe you're here today and you never truly understood how deep the Father's love is for you. And that's what was sung about, that while you're a sinner, Christ died for you. You see, religion today will say, why don't you clean yourself up? Once you get yourself together, and then maybe, maybe God will love you. No, God looked down upon us and said, I see exactly where you're at, and I love you where you're at right now. But he loves us so much he doesn't leave us there. And boy, I'm so thankful for the love of the Lord. He calls it love. And I wonder if you need to accept the love of Christ today, or maybe we need to settle it in our hearts and ask God to put someone in our lives this week that we can show his love to that we can demonstrate his love, not by dying for him, but to be able to tell him what Christ did and say, listen, here's the love of Christ for you.